That Lunch Show. The week of the 28th October to the 3rd of November is commemorated as World Stroke Awareness Week. And today being the 3rd of November obviously means that we have to close up the conversation in spreading awareness about the symptoms of stroke and also in relation to members of the youth and how this can affect members of the youth. Now, we also do need to understand that there are some common symptoms of a stroke. Sudden weakness, numbness in your face, numbness in your legs or arms, loss of speech, difficulty speaking or even understanding speech, right? Loss of vision, uh, severe and unusual headaches, and the list goes on and on and on. And on the line, I am joined by Dr. Ntabo Zuko uh, Duani, who is here to talk about pretty much stroke in young members of the youth, uh, our young girls and boys who often think that, I mean, it has nothing to do with us members of the youth. However, that is the kind of notion that we are trying to change here on that lunch show. And Dr. Ntabo Zuko Duani is a consultant for the World Health Organization and also a PhD fellow for the University of the Witwatersrand. Hi, doctor. Thank you so much for joining me on that lunch show. Hi, thank you for having me. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I just need to get this one out of the way. I'm very inspired um, by all the work that you do. Um, and I would just like to say from one woman to another, thank you so much for inspiring us. I really, when when my my content producer gave me your contact details and said, we're going to speak to doctor today, and this is what doctor has done. This is what doctor has achieved. Um, and so please go ahead and have this conversation. I felt so, so humbled because I was like, what a powerful woman. What Hello. a powerful woman. So thank you so much uh, for inspiring us and all the work that you're doing. Thank you so much. No, I think I was raised by people who didn't see the difference between girls and boys. So they kind of um, plowed everything into me as a child. And this is just my way of, you know, by pushing all of my dreams and boundaries, you know, it's just my way of saying thank you to them. But also just so that people, you know, young girls and young boys know that it's possible. You know, if you've got something that you want to achieve, you just keep pushing until you get there, no matter how long it takes. Thank you so much for that. Doctor, let us get straight into it. Um, let's talk about stroke and most especially in relation to members of the youth. But before we get into that, we would like to understand what exactly a stroke is. So stroke, uh, the medical term is that it's a cerebrovascular accident. So uh, I know that sounds like a bit of a word. Um, and that's, you know, like in terms of medical jargon, there'll always be like a medical term for something that we know commonly. So a stroke, um, as we would generally have associated it before, would be something that, um, you know, maybe your grandmother or grandfather gets, um, that they'd get an older age. Um, but it's really just, um, if I explain what's happening medically, it's that uh, the blood supply to the brain gets cut off some way, either because there's a blockage in the blood vessel or because the blood vessel bursts and then um, it disrupts the normal uh, flow channels. And then what the result of that is, is that that part of the brain no longer gets oxygen. We know that you need oxygen for all of your muscles, for your heart, for everything, you know, just for life. So then that part of the brain will then get injured, um, either temporarily or permanently, and then it dies. And then that's how you see um, the paralysis or whatever effect it has in the body. 
Understood. How likely is it for young people uh, to get strokes out here? Because like you're saying, and I mentioned this before as well, sometimes you take some of these things lightly and you're thinking, because I'm 21, I'm healthy, I'm okay, um, and we take for granted certain things. So I just want to know how likely it is for young people, uh, especially members of the youth, specifically 18 years to 35 years old, for them to get stroke. So from that age group, um, the, the bulk of the strokes, you know, so about 80% of strokes would happen in older age groups, so from about 35 and above. So then you probably have less than 10% of that age group um, prone to strokes, a very small percentage. Uh, and then an even small percentage of that of deaths in that age group would be due to stroke. But um, stroke is, is sort of like an endpoint, so you have other conditions that will lead to the stroke. So we, we have a, a high sort of prevalence in that age group of um, overweight and obesity, and we have an increasing risk of about 25% of people who've got high blood pressure in that group. So then you've got those risk factors. Doctor, what would you say are some of the common uh, triggers or common factors that would um, lead to members of the youth getting stroke? Does it have to? Does it have anything to do with our lifestyle, the food we consume, the drinks we have, um, and so forth? So, um, as I mentioned already, you have risk factors. So, um, it is possible to predict. Uh, somebody's risk of getting um, some sort of vascular or accident related to their blood vessels based on what their current disease profile is. So um, in older people, it's more easier to predict. So you can almost relate to in the next 10 or 15 years, if you carry on like this, then your risk of stroke remains quite high. So the things that would be those risk factors would be having high cholesterol, um, having diabetes or uh, sugar, sugar disease, having high blood pressure, um, being overweight um, is a risk for for both uh, high blood pressure and diabetes and high cholesterol. Smoking, and uh, smoking is something that um, I think a lot of young people experiment with, so that's a real real risk factor. Uh, So then I think more more to be the 18 to 35-year-old age group. Um, something that we also know is that, for example, if someone was born premature, then they always have a higher risk at all uh, stages of their life of having a higher blood pressure than another child who didn't, who wasn't born premature. So premature babies have a higher risk of all sorts of conditions like high, high blood pressure, diabetes, um, and then eventually stroke. So just from their childhood, they'd need to be monitored quite closely. And then also some of the family history. So if you have someone in your family who's got diabetes or high blood pressure or had a stroke, then it means that your risk will be higher than the than the other person in the population who never had a family member who had those conditions. So then those are the, the physical sort of risk factors. Then there'd be the more environmental uh, risk factors. So stress, you know, so if you've got a a very high risk of working in a very stressful environment. Um, stress in itself cannot cause a stroke, but then coupled with uh, these underlying conditions that maybe you already had high blood pressure and you didn't realize it, and then it's not detected. Um, or maybe you had uh, kidney disease for some reason, chronic kidney disease, uh, then your risk would be higher, especially if you're a smoker. Um, 
And then also because now uh, drugs, you know, as part of mental health and uh, environmental risks, drugs become quite relevant. People experimenting with things and uh, drugs quite easy to come by, cocaine, crystal meth, um, a lot of other substances, you know, uh, heroin, those things then would, uh, just by the fact that you're injecting something into your, into your veins, makes it easier for your blood to clot. But also as side effects, chronic use can can also increase the risk of stroke. So people who will sort of overdose or just sort of um, die suddenly um, might have some history of, of abusing substances. So I think those cover the main, the main areas. What would you say are some of perhaps, I don't know, um, I don't want to say... You know, because you are telling us exactly the risk factors, the things that would lead us to ultimately perhaps looking to then say at the ultimate end, I'm I'm, I'm suffering a stroke because my lifestyle was like this. I was a smoker. I did this and this and that and that and that. And not to yeah. also say that people should not have any kind of freedom in their lives, right? What are some of the tips that you would give out to a young person out here yes don't take drugs yes don't inject yourself yes don't drink too much yes don't smoke but what are some of the you know live by tips that you would give a young individual out here so i think the the advantage of being young is that you still have a lot of choices that you're able to make so based on those choices you're able to develop habits and, and a habit they say takes three weeks to develop a habit. So if you're doing something for about three weeks and you're doing it regularly and consistently, then it becomes a part of your makeup and a part of who you are. So they are positive habits that'll, um, that'll I think, uh, enrich your life in general. So it's, it's, it's not necessarily about don't do something, but it's more about do more of. So there are things that you should do more of, like, um, just find things, you know, find things that you enjoy doing, things that give you pleasure that don't, uh, that don't have to do with substances, drinking and alcohol. I mean, we all like partying, but, you know, when you find that those sorts of things are becoming, um, they start interfering with how you function. Now you can't meet your school deadlines. You can't, it affects your friendships. You start getting aggressive and violent. Then that's a problem. So I think engaging, you know, we do experiment, you know, experiment with drinking and alcohol. But um, I think if you find that it becomes a problem, then then rather to look for help earlier rather than later. Uh, I think that's just a, a natural part of growing up. And the challenge then is to know when something actually is, is becoming destructive. So if it's causing you any sort of uh, emotional distress or, you, or causing your family or your friends distress, then it's becoming harmful. Um, and then it's no longer experimenting, and now it becomes a bad habit. So then there's that aspect of the experimentation, to be able to sort of have some sort of uh, an eye, you know, of, this is not really going to add much value in my life. Um, so I choose not to engage in it, not because I shouldn't do it, but because I know that there are other things that I'd like to pursue, and this will probably take my time. So then there are things that you can invest your time in that will actually benefit you better sort of like exercising because you can you can exercise on your own or you can exercise with friends and that that'll always have a positive influence on your mental health but also your physical health and it'll also help build relationships um then there's the more sort of uh physical things like drinking more water eating uh more more fresh food preparing your food yourself not buying takeaways using less oil when you cook so like people generally like will have a layer of oil when they're cooking or frying so rather you spray and cook or use like a spoon of oil just as a measure you know um and then 
not adding a lot of sugar into your tea, not having more than two cups of coffee a day, um, trying to keep away from red meat, using more um, white meat and fish. You know, fish twice a week is is, is protective, actually, of uh, heart conditions and stroke. Um, alcohol, you know, is allowed, but when you when you become excessive with alcohol, so we'll say like one measure of alcohol a day, like um, like a glass of red wine is good for you. Um, but then three glasses is not. So it's it's kind of being able to balance um, having a good and healthy diet with the times that yes, you are going to want to party and you are going to want to like have a steak or, or have McDonald's or whatever. But as long as it's not sort of every day, it doesn't exceed more than one day a week, uh, then, that, then that's quite healthy. Exercise-wise, um, try having 20 minutes of exercise three times a week is, is a good standard. Um, also trying to give uh, yourself some allowance in terms of your weight, so not yo-yoing or excessive dieting, just trying to keep sort of a healthy uh, weight for your height, and, and we call that a BMI, and then there's a formula for that. You can look it up, but basically it looks at what your height and what your weight, and it should be somewhere between uh, 25 and, and 30. Um, so, so so not having a, um, a high BMI is, is important. And then, um, yeah, so I think those are the main things. Those are the main things. You know, trying to be as, as outdoor as much as possible. If you're sitting behind a laptop or a desk, just move around during the day. Don't spend the whole day um, sort of huddled behind your, your desk. And then also to acknowledge, you know, when you are going through a difficult time, just be kind to yourself, you know, like be honest. Be honest with the people around you. If you need time out, if you need to speak to somebody, uh, just reaching out and getting the help that you need, because uh, I find very often, and, and all of us do this, we don't want to. We don't want to be honest, you know. Like if you lose somebody in your life, and you're like, no, you must be over it in two weeks, and and that's not possible. It takes a while to heal. Or if you if you are really you know battling with your schoolwork, then to say you know like go speak to your teachers or speak to your academic heads and like say I need some support in this area. Um, because then if you don't, uh, the risk of you abusing substances or taking part in other risky behaviors becomes quite high. <sighs> that was a mouthful, doctor. I feel like there's so much that I need to uh, make changes to with my lifestyle and a bit of my habits. Um, and I also <laughs> appreciate the fact that you you did leave room for, you know, you do have a choice. It's okay for you to do this, but give yourself a bit of some room to look at certain things. Now, one last question before I let you go, doctor. Uh, and I don't know if this is going to be a bit of a controversial one or what, but I mean, we just have to ask this one because you're members of the youth, right? Yes. <laughs> and we are very cute curious about certain things but um does sex reduce the chances of one getting strokes sorry what was that does sex reduce the chances of one getting strokes your sex all right of course um in terms of gender or in terms of um, sexual intercourse? Well, um, if, if, sure. if there are different avenues we could explore in terms of getting to this question, then definitely I would like to know in terms of gender, if we could start there maybe, but also just generally the activity on its own. Does it right. reduce the chances of one getting strokes? No, you know, like, um, so gender-wise, um, males generally tend to have a higher risk of, of stroke, especially males and smoking, um, and the other risk factors. So, 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 is at risk. But we are finding now that more and more women are getting later on in life are getting high blood pressure and diabetes and obese. 
So you, you can never really say. But, um, it, it can almost almost be sort of a 50-50 chance. And then, um, in terms of the sexual activity, that's a very natural part of, I think people need to find uh, uh, honest ways of in, engaging with their sexuality because it's, it's, it's a core part of your uh, psychological well-being, spiritual well-being. So to, to sort of balance for yourself, you know, like um, it's also an important part of, uh, what can I say, your physiological well-being. So you actually find it's like exercise that you, it'll help uh, dilate your blood vessels, that sort of feeling of euphoria and the endorphins that get released. That's the positive aspect. Then the ne- negative aspect is, you know, there's always a risk of um, contracting a, a sexually transmitted infection or um, or something more chronic like HIV. So HIV has a direct impact on your blood vessels. So untreated HIV can increase risk of, of stroke in the long term and other heart conditions. And also things like untreated syphilis. But I mean, now everyone comes across an antibiotic. Like before, uh, syphilis also used to cause strokes. So, yeah, so, so my philosophy is really just um, do, do things, you know, we are human. So, so to live a fully human life, um, but in moderation. All right, fair enough, doctor. Experience life, live your life fully, but in moderation. That's the best advice I've ever received. Thank you so much for joining us here on that lunch show, doctor. Um, I really appreciate it. May you have yourself a splendid afternoon. And um, we appreciate the fact that you are constantly being of service to uh, South Africa. And we wish you nothing but the best. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. That was Dr. Ndabo Zuko Dwani, and she's a public health medicine specialist as well as a PhD fellow from the University of the Witwatersrand. So much to know, so much to learn, so much to engage in, and curiosity, I guess, sometimes doesn't kill a cat, right? Lele is laughing. I guess curiosity doesn't kill a cat sometimes. Now we know certain things. We're going to get into uh, traffic straight away. That's Lunch Show, every weekdays from 12 to 3 p.m. Only on VARFM 88.1.